people we filmed in the village. Peace made them think about being surrounded by loved ones, such as family and friends. It meant amicable behaviour towards one another. Calm, quiet, gentleness. Peace meant watching a sunset on a beach, an absence of war. And ideally, peace should last for the whole year. But it's also evident from people's frenetic Christmas experience and preparations, peace is a hard-won thing. When people are fraught and overwrought, Christmas can actually mean the opposite of peace. So tonight, I want to set before you the Christian promise of peace. You see, we have an underlying assumption in the West that as humanity is constantly moving forwards on a positive trajectory of peace, that as our society evolves, governments will naturally just become ever more just. But perhaps recent fractures in our own nation and in the world are proving it takes more than just positive thinking to solve the problem of human rivalry. And so it was too, 2,700 years ago, in prophet Isaiah's day. The people of Israel had turned away from God, instead craving worldly security. In doing so, they became more and more individualistic, focusing on the welfare of their own tribe and people group. The northern tribe of Israel fought against those in the south, while infighting distracted them both, An even bigger enemy in the form of the mighty Assyrian Empire was about to invade and destroy. Yet in the face of such impending terror, Isaiah prophesied that the God many in Israel had rejected would come alongside those who remained faithful to him. Isaiah set forth God's promise of peace to us. A child is born. To us, a son is given. But this child that Isaiah looks forward to is no ordinary human being. He's a wonderful counsellor, having wisdom beyond compare. He's mighty God, the essence of deity made incarnate in human form. He's everlasting father, which in this case means one who will rule with everlasting love. And finally, he's the prince of peace. A prince is someone who stands in line to the royal throne. A prince is someone who's due to be crowned with all power and authority. The word prince itself holds out the promise of a future king. Now in Britain, the monarchy seems to play more of a symbolic role today. But that will still not stop either Prince Charles or Prince William one day being crowned king. We'll have to wait and see who gets the final nod from the Queen. But Isaiah tells us that when God's promised child prince fulfills his birthright, the government of which he'll take charge will bring about permanent peace. His rule will end all hostility and strife, broken human relationships will finally be perfectly restored. This promise would divide history. This promise of peace would change the way and transform the way people think about love and life. It was beyond Isaiah's comprehension. 
It's much more than the steady progression of human progress and society getting better. It's founded on the promise of God himself stepping into the world. God with us, our Emmanuel to take charge. Does such everlasting peace seem like an unrealistic promise to you? Let's spend some time now thinking about this thought. Let's watch and listen to this video. I'd like you to ask yourselves, does Isaiah's promise of peace feel like an impossible dream? Our world is crying out for peace. And at Christmas time, we remember the presence of God's peace. Peace, isn't that what we all long for? Well, the claim of Christmas is that humanity does not have of its own accord the wherewithal, ability or resolve to bring about lasting peace in people's lives. For peace to ever become truly present, God himself has to enter into our world and into our lives. If we've not fully appreciated this, I hope tonight makes it clear. This is what the prophet Isaiah foresaw 700 years before Jesus was born. That humanity's only hope for lasting peace was if God himself stepped into our world to meet us in our bruised and fractured state. So when Isaiah's promise and prophecy was fulfilled and Jesus was born, the promise of God's peace was inaugurated. God's son Jesus is our prince of peace. This is how God made the presence of his peace fully known to us. When Jesus was born, the Bible records a great company of heavenly hosts appearing before God and praising him, saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favour rests. That word rests is interesting, isn't it? Have you known the peace of God rest on you? Paradoxically to the way the world operates, God's peace is not something humanity earns through hard work and effort. Rather, God's peace comes to rest on those willing to receive the gift of his son. Now, it's hard to receive a gift we feel like we don't deserve. It's humbling. It dents our pride. For instance, I recently struggled to accept a free gift of a coffee from a coffee shop I visit regularly. And if any of you are like me, Christmas time, this, particularly this part of Christmas, leaves me feeling quite agitated because everyone else seems to have sent their Christmas cards to me and I'm yet to reciprocate. We naturally want to deserve the things that we receive. We naturally want to be the ones in control. Perhaps that's why many write off Christianity as being weak. Well, into the world that glorifies power and prestige, God challenges our expectations by giving us the gift of his son as a vulnerable baby born to the Virgin Mary where cattle and other animals lay. And then despite Jewish expectations of what this Messiah will grow up to become, instead... Jesus grew up to give his own life for us. 
so that we might know God's forgiveness and the presence of his peace. On the cross, Jesus, the Prince of Peace, became the King of Peace for all who believe. Consider this for a moment. Before Jesus died, he told his disciples, my peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. Then when Jesus rose from death, he breathed on his disciples and they received the gift of the Holy Spirit. The presence of God's peace came to rest on them. Would you like to know the presence of God's peace tonight resting on you? Are you ready to lay down worldly ambitions and power and prestige and receive the gift of God's peace that you cannot earn? It may be that you'll achieve a high status in life. It may be that you've already achieved it. But this is always going to be secondary to knowing the presence of God's peace resting on you. This is the most magnificent gift you can ever receive. And so as we sing the next song, let us all consider whether we'd like the presence of God's peace to come and fill our hearts tonight. Let's stand. Come under the government of God's heavenly kingdom. The great scientist and uh, master of mathematical equations, Albert Einstein, was also pretty good with words too. He said, peace is not merely the absence of war, but the presence of justice, of law, of order. In short... The presence of government. Peace emerges through the presence of good government. A government which delivers on its promises. Perhaps you've heard the rather unfortunate but uh, uh, humorous, nonetheless, story of Cardiff Council's experience of ordering a Christmas tree this year. They promised that they would get a 40-metre plastic Christmas tree that was all bauble-like, and they would put it outside the city walls of Cardiff, outside the, the walls of Cardiff Castle. Well, the expectant public were looking forward to this event. They were looking forward to a Christmas tree taller than the statue of Christ the Redeemer in Rio, Brazil. Unfortunately, when the tree arrived from China, it was actually a third of the size, standing only 40 feet high. Rumour has it that the man who supplied the tree thought he himself was 18 foot tall, hence his confusion. (laughs) There is no higher authority in heaven or in earth than Jesus Christ. Jesus delivers on all of God's promises. So when the prophet Isaiah talks about the government being on Jesus' shoulders, it means Jesus has the full authority of God's rule. Now, uh, you might not be able to tell, but I occasionally like going to the gym. And when I'm there, there are some pretty big units there. Some of the fellas could probably shoulder press me if they so desired. But as strong as they are, Only Jesus' shoulders are strong enough to bear the weight of delivering God's rule of justice, law, and order. Only when all people on earth accept Jesus can there ever be true and lasting peace. But until such a time, Jesus brings 
and built his kingdom here on earth by winning one soul at a time. This is how the peace of God's government impacts our world. You see, just as Jesus was born for peace, when people place their trust in him, they're reborn for peace too. When people place their trust in Jesus, they undergo a new birth. Christians are born not just of flesh and blood, but of the Holy Spirit too. And as the Holy Spirit transforms and matures Christians to be more like Jesus, we're better equipped to become ministers of God's peace in the places we belong. God empowers his people to be people of peace in the world. So this Christmas, I'd like each of you to think of yourselves of being God's ministers for peace in his government. Each one of you has the role description, minister of God's peace. Your role is to promote the cause of peace among the people with whom you have influence. Why? Because Jesus says, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Let's remember what Isaiah said earlier. To us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. When we receive the gift of Jesus into our own lives, in his name, we can also be God's gift of peace to the world then the world will have to choose how to respond to the gift of peace we have to offer too. Just like Jesus ushered in peace on that first Christmas, we can usher in peace now. Amen.